Welcome to Wicked Wisdom, a podcast presented by Wicked Southern California, with your host Stephanie Cobian. Wicked Wisdom follows the same theme as Wicked, also known as Women in Cable Telecommunications, whose mission is to develop women leaders who transform our industry. Enjoy. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. This is Wick Wisdom, presented by Wick Southern California. This is Stephanie Kobe, and your host. I'm so excited for our guest today. It's Nancy Yoon, who many facets that, that this woman is doing in Hollywood right now. She's a TV host, um, she's, and she's the founder of Asians in LA. So Nancy, tell us a little bit more about yourself and all the amazing things that you do. Oh, well, first of all, I hope everyone is well. I just wanted to kind of just give a shout out to everyone because this is such a challenging time for all of us. And I think we're going to learn so much from this. I mean, gosh, the last couple months have really affected our society here in Los Angeles, as well as the world, the country. I mean, gosh, where do we begin, right, Stephanie? <laughs> oh, I completely agree. It's definitely, yeah. um, well, I hope that one of the things we'll be talking about is basically, is one of the things we're going to talk about is diversity covering. And I hope that even though right now we're all so separated, I yeah. feel like there has been a union in some ways because yeah, we're not all experiences the same thing. We don't all have pools and things like that. But yet we're all connecting to what we're experiencing with masks and shutdowns and being at home. And I hope that people are spending more time hopefully learning some things and, and kind of yes. outside of their backyard. So I yeah. think that is the good thing, even with all the negative stuff going on. Absolutely. I think... First of all, I, I really believe that this is kind of a, a re-everything. So it's like a refresh, a re, you know, revitalize, rediscover. Everything is re. And then at the end of it all, I think the biggest word that keeps coming to my mind is a, a reset for society and, and this world. And I think it's also making us much more appreciative and grateful and, you know, what I do with social media and our group and stuff, I have to say, I think it's just going to be a different shift for all of us to be much more authentic and real. And it's just not going to be as, I don't know, fake or superficial. I just really see a lot of changes coming out of this, good and bad. You know, right. I know we're all suffering and having a hard time and, you know, people are dying and it's terrible, but there will be some good things, you know? So, I mean, gosh, there's so much to talk about, Stephanie. <laughs> there's so much. <laughs> there is, there is, I agree. So let's go with some easier things then. Yeah. So two-part question. What's sure. your favorite show? It could be in the past, it can be present, wherever. And then any favorite characters? Okay, so right now I am obsessed with Outlander. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, so my girlfriends had told me, you got to watch Outlander. And all these women were telling me, you got to watch Outlander. And I watched like the first episode months ago, maybe, I don't know, a year ago or something. And I just couldn't get into it. I thought, okay, this is weird. Like, and I didn't give it a chance. Now, during COVID and quarantine, my husband and I started watching Outlander, and now we are in the fifth season, and we are obsessed. It's kind of oh like our God. Game of Thrones. It's just so 
good. And I'm like really late to this Outlander party. So <laughs> can I just say, funny. you got your husband to watch it. I know. I only and wish I could get my significant other. And I wish he could like say it right now, but he has the Scottish accent. He's Austrian. So he has a weird accent. And he's doing this Scottish accent all the time. And he's going, Claire, I can't even roll my R's, but he's like, Claire. And so we have so much fun as we're like joking around in Scottish. We both like, we're not, you know, Scottish, obviously I'm Korean and he's, he's Austrian and we're doing this Scottish accent and we're just having so much fun. Also, we put this TV outside in our backyard and you know that part of it is very, how would I say very romantic? So every time there's a love scene, we have to lower the volume because it's so embarrassing. It it almost sounds like we're watching porn. Like it's, it's soft porn. Rated R. It's so awesome. It's yeah, I know. This is how we're starting this conversation. But um, anyway, so obsessed with Outlander. I think it's such a good show. It's kind of like Game of Thrones, but instead of like action, and it's so much more about romance and this incredible like love story. And I think that's why it resonates so much with women. And I love strong women characters. Um, and then the other thing, yeah, is Killing Eve is just another great show. I mean, oh, yeah. but we right? need the best actress. Let me just say yeah. every episode, I mean, somehow I get a relation to, um, to uh, Grey's Anatomy. And let me just say, when you pick the best, it's going to make a great show. I have not caught up on Killing Eve yet, though. Yeah, Sandra Oh is just incredible it's so exciting to see her as an asian american do so well from the show she always i mean she's so talented in so many ways but this is now her platform so she's getting so much buzz and you know publicity from this and and then also um you know the other character she's just so incredible i mean she's so free and i think the theme here is like i gravitate towards these strong women sh you know shows that, that oh. showcase strong women. It's so I, fun. I think, well, it's hard to find those shows, um, you know, to find strong women. And I know that a lot of men, you know, in writer's groups, and men try to write the women characters, and you're just like, well, A for effort, but you still need more substance. Now, I'm not saying men can't, because obviously there's a lot of shows that are about women that are written by men. So, of course, it can be done, but it is, you know, women are a lot of dimensions. We're not single faceted, you know, we have a lot going on about us. And yeah. the thing about Sandra Oh is one thing is not only is she such a fantastic actress, right? Um, but I like her as a human being. Yeah. Um, I have seen her, I believe, on a panel about it was for Grey's Anatomy, but about this was years ago, anyways, now. And she is is a fantastic, I just think human as well which is really yeah she's a great advocate for the asian american community as well and it's so great to have these leaders who have a platform to be able to express you know whether we're you know experiencing racism or you know representation and diversity in hollywood and there's just honestly you know the last two years by the way was it yesterday or is it today oh my gosh it might even be today is the two-year anniversary of asians in la Congratulations. Yeah, I can't believe it's like two years, but now we have over, I think it's like we're at 5,100. So Asians in LA, and I know, sorry if I 
you know, no, that's okay. This is a perfect time to, to yeah. tell people a little more about it. Yeah. Uh, so I'll start with myself. Um, so I actually came from finance and entertainment. So I was in casting um, at Disney Channel, working, uh, you know, with Britney Spears and NSYNC and Christina Aguilera and Destiny's Child, which is Beyonce. And in, I mean, it was so fun to do this, like at the height of all these incredible talent, um, discovering them and giving them, you know, this platform on Disney Channel. You know that that is the place where huge, um, you know, children stars are launched. And so I, I did that. And then I was director of marketing at Fox Family, Fox Kids um, in programming and marketing and, you know, worked with Fergie from Wild Orchid. And it was just a lot of music specials and children's programming. So that's kind of my background. And I also got into nonprofit as well. So that's just a little bit about my background. But two years ago, I started, um, you know, I started going to a lot of different events and getting a lot more connected to the Asian American community in Los Angeles. And I realized um, that there were so many resources uh, with, you know, the city, with all of these policymakers, politicians, and just kind of within our networks. And I wanted to create this kind of platform where we kind of um, created a social network of Asian American influencers. So we opened up our kind of community and our network and we created this space on social media to be able to cover like politics, entertainment, culture, and community, especially for Asian Americans in Los Angeles. And it didn't exist really before. And we started going to different events, covering events, covering important um, policies and things that were coming up for the Asian American community, like a social media campaign for the midterm elections, you know, with Governor Newsom and Governor, you know, these people were running for governor at the time, but John Cox and um, California State Treasurer Fiona Ma, and just kind of pushing that, um, you know, pushing civic engagement. And there's so many things that happened in the Asian American community, and we launched with Crazy Rich Asians. So, um, I mean, as you know, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So we kind of covered Crazy Rich Asians and it just kind of took off from there because there were so many different things happening with diversity in Hollywood and representation and um, with searching movies. So Asians in LA was kind of brought up um, at this perfect timing with Crazy Rich Asians and searching and, and this whole shift in Hollywood and our society with, you know, a lot more Asian American like representation in Hollywood and stuff. And we'd be able to kind of use this um, kind of social network of Asian American influencers for good to be able to communicate, inform, inspire, and influence together. So that's kind of our, our mission, so. And obviously a much needed um, opportunity, the Asian development. You said, how many people do you have in that community? We have about, we just hit over 5,100 Asian American influencers, and these people are from politics, um, entertainment, community, nonprofit leaders, and so there's a lot of incredible people in our group. We have mayors, consul, international consul generals, um, policymakers, uh, you know, California State Treasurer's Office to, gosh, um, 
we've got some cast of Crazy Rich Asians, you know? So it's, it's exciting to be able to use social media as a platform. And what's great is even though a lot of things are happening in LA, there's also a way to communicate with the whole world when you use social media, you know, and Facebook as a platform. So I always say that it's instant, it's direct, and it's global, which is really exciting. And so we're able to communicate with each other and what's happening in Hollywood here in Los Angeles, you know, what's happening in Asia. I mean, really through COVID as well, like it's been such a great platform to be able to communicate what the mayor wants to say, you know, cause we're on the advisory um, group to kind of, you know, help all the, you know, Asian Americans that speak different languages and being able to share these kind of resources. So it's, we've been busy the last couple of months, by the way, <laughs> even though our activity on the event side has, you know, obviously slowed down because we're in quarantine and stuff. Right. We've been working so much behind the scenes. Um, like, you know, with the Asian, it, it's called a three PCON. So it's the Asian Pacific policy and planning council. And they created this, um, hashtag stop AAPI hate campaign. And they're compiling all the, incidents, Asian American xenophobia, hate crime incidents all over the country right now. Mm. So we're working with them and, you know, connecting them with ADL, which I'm kind of, you know, very much involved with the Anti-Defamation League, which is the largest hate organization in the world. And, you know, there's just so many things happening with xenophobia, with the Asian American community, with COVID, um, you know, and then Black Lives Matter. So Gosh, it's been busy. <laughs> well, it, it, I, yes, I completely agree with you on all those points. So when I think of that at all that you're doing right now, so we're looking at it's 2020 and you're doing so much. For you, who, I, guess, I guess who's been your mentor? Who's inspired you? I mean, you're doing a lot. And you, like, so who's, who's guided you through some of this, maybe? Or who'd you look up to? Well, I have to say, Unfortunately, my father passed away years, years ago, but I thought about this and I mean, I would have to say, and both my, my dad and my mom passed away. Unfortunately, my mom passed away ugh, six, seven years ago, unfortunately in a car accident, which was very tragic. Um, and then my father passed away years ago. So 20 something years ago, but, um, as a mentor, I would have to say, both my parents, but I'm going to kind of focus on, on my father. I think he was such a honorable man I, in so many ways. Uh, he was very much almost like a philosopher and he was very calm, very opposite of how I am and how my mom is. <laughs> I'm definitely more on my mom's side with a lot of energy and, and uh, you know, vivaciousness, but my dad was just such a respectful honorable man and i think he really led such an incredible life his funeral was incredible um you really kind of see how a person lived when you go to their funeral and you've got all these people um you know paying their respects and there were so many incredible stories that even came from the funeral people would come up and say you know what your dad helped me years ago when I was, you know, going through college and I guess he had been supporting some people, you know, just on the side and without any accolades or, you know, 
kind of credit. He just did these kind of things. Um, when I think about him, I, I think he is a lot of who I try to be and aspire to be. So loyal, great character, um, respectful, honorable. He built one of the biggest um, Korean Christian churches in the Valley, World Vision Church. It was like 11 acres and this huge, you know, campus up in Northridge and with his pastor. And it, he, when he passed away, it was a huge loss, honestly, for our church as well as our community. So. Oh, well, I'm sorry to hear the sadness of that, but yeah. I love to hear that your parents obviously had such an imprint on you and obviously made you amazing and, you know, activated you to continue doing the good work. So I yeah. think that's also beautiful. They live on for Yeah, you. absolutely. And thank you so much for tying that in. Yeah, I think what he has done, you know, to help the community so much and be so active, whether it be in the faith community or the Korean community has really given me inspiration to be much more active myself. Um, you know, growing up in the LA riots, I, you know, was younger and I remember feeling very helpless and there was not really a voice. Um, so to be able to start something like Asians in LA and, you know, have, it really was to, how do we have a voice for the Asian American community? How do we unify our voice? And we're still struggling with that, but it was, a, it's a great effort to try to kind of unify our community with our community leaders, faith leaders, nonprofit, you know, businesses, organizations. And it's been an incredible couple of years in, like I said, with the Asian American community. But the other mentor I wanted to bring up was um, Ellen Schned. The past president of WIC. She's been brought up. <laughs> oh, that's so wonderful. And I really mean that. I mean, I just like right now I'm working on this, um, this host reel kind of tape, you know, for this anchor position. And I can't even tell you, like, she, you know, just she's such a blessing in my life. And I really mean that. Like, she's like my older sister, even though we don't have that many, you know, age difference, but we've just become fast and furious, like best friends and sisters. And that. we have gone through so much in the last, I don't know, you know, year and a half or whatever that we've been, you know, friends. And she's just done so much for me. And she is one of those rare people, Stephanie, a lot of people, unfortunately in, in life, you know, are kind of takers, you know, so you're always kind of doing things for people. But she's a, she's a giver. Exactly. Everybody. And that's what I do with Asians in LA. I'm connecting people or I'm trying to help people, but you don't meet that many people that are as, let's say, generous and, and you know, whether with their time and their efforts. And, and Ellen is like that. And I'm just so grateful for her. So she's helping me right now, even with my real, I mean, that is a true friend. And we've gone through so many things together. We've done so many events together through WICT, as you know, and panels and, I mean, it was so great. She sent me this kind of like iPhone has this like, um, you know, one year ago kind of memory thing and they send you a video and watching that, like we both almost cried because we have done so many things together, so many fun things, so many impactful things for women, for diversity, for WICT, all these panels, you know, that Ellen did last year. And I'm so lucky to just be a part of it. And she's opened up her network and her community um, with these women leaders and being a part of WICT has been such a blessing in my life. And I, 
I'm just so grateful to be part of the WIC family, honestly. So. Oh, I agree. And, and I didn't say last time when somebody else had mentioned Ellen. Just for anybody who doesn't know Ellen, who may be out of the WIC organization, Ellen yeah. is the um, prior WIC Southern California president. She ran it for a couple of years. She was fantastic. I know she was part of my introduction to WIC as well. She, yeah. She loves She's a force. bringing people in and she will remember you. You should look her up if you don't know her. Um, so Ellen, E-L-L-E-N, and her last name, S-C-H-N-E-B. So anybody who does not know Ellen, look Right, EJS Media. Right? So many things, not only for women, but also mm -hmm. she did an incredible job for WICT. You just kind of utilizing her existing network because she's a force in the cable and television entertainment industry. And um, she's done some incredible events. And we're really excited about the, the new, you know, leadership under Jennifer Miles as well. So um, these Jennifer was the first interview on this podcast. Amazing. Yeah, I, yeah. I, got, I can't wait to hear. But yeah, I mean, just WICT is just so incredible. I, I know that, you know, that you're a part of it. And we're happy to have you be the chair of all these programming. So it's so unfortunate that we're in COVID right now, but I, I'm sure you guys are doing so many things on virtual. I've seen the webinars. So you guys have just yeah. kept that engine going and I'm so grateful for that. We're, we're working on it, right? Every day, every day, this COVID is, is, is a living being, it feels like. It's always changing <laughs> right. what's happening. So we'll see when we get to do them live again, but we hope to have some big things coming up. So kudos um, to the WIC team. Oh, well, thank you. Thank sure. you. Well, we love working with you because you work on, on some of our events. And one of the things you did say, you said you were working on a hosting reel. Um, again, for anybody who's listening has not seen or met Nancy, she is gorgeous. Radiant, huge smile on this petite woman lights up a room. I mean, and you really do, Nancy. So that reel is probably going to just come together like easy peasy. Well, the hard thing about it, Stephanie, is we've done so many events. Literally, I would go out three to five times a week to an event. We cover these events. You know, I'm a digital content producer. You know, we edit these things, we cover events, we promote it, we post it. It's, it's like what Ellen said, I'm kind of like a one-woman machine. You kind of have to do yeah. that, right? As like a multimedia journalist. And um, so honestly, the hardest thing right now is just being able to cut down the footage right now because we yep. have so many events that we've done in the last two years. It's just nuts. That's the producer's so, nightmare. What to yeah. cut out? <laughs> What's yeah. the now? The writer doesn't want to There's so many good interviews. I know. And I still have to post so many more too. We have so many things that are just in our, you know, media files. So yes. But that's awesome. That's a, that's a problem of abundance, as I like to say. I've gotten that from my own boss. Problem of abundance. Great. <laughs> um, one of the things I did want to ask, and you had kind of lightly touched base on, is the voice of the Asian community. Um, there, there's a, there's, so many Asians in LA. Now, there's, there's kind of, this is kind of a twofold question. It's, it's going to come out with maybe a little clunky. But I think of, when we speak of Asians, obviously there's a lot of different ethnicities. Just when you, just as any with any culture, you know, even when you say white, you can be from different countries. When you say yeah. Hispanic or Latin, you know, I'm Mexican, but I'm not, you know, I, I'm Spanish, but I, you know, I'm not from anywhere else, you know. So, so, 
you know, when you talk about Asians, obviously, I assume you want to be all-encompassing and you want to see every every facet, right? And then the other part of that is when you watch something like Black Lives Matter, and when you brought up the um, the the, Gina riot, the yeah right um, Rodney King riots, I think um, I have a, a one of my best friends is is Asian as well, and she talked about her dad had a shop and he had a protected. They weren't a part of the riots then, you know. Yes. They're not the same community. Um, obviously, there's a lot of Hispanics have a community. So when you're watching Black Lives Matters, yes, they they want you know equality for everybody. They're not just about you know the Black Lives, um, but yet you do have to advocate on some level for Asians because I feel like it's so passed up on. Um, you know, we always, so we have to talk about the Asian, you know, we talk about Hispanics, we talk about the Blacks, we talk about whites, you know, and it might be good because you're not in the news for, you know, you're not in the news, mm. which is a good and bad thing. So I, I guess, so yeah, I'm kind of just trying, giving you two convoluted conversations there on where you see diversity now i guess and how to make a voice for asians yeah angela well un unfortunately stephanie i mean you made a good point and i think we talked about it before but the last couple months you know um has been a very difficult time for the asian american community even before black lives matter you know happened before that the Asian American community was experiencing a lot of hate crimes and xenophobia because of COVID, you know, and, and talking about it. Right. And there, you know, because it was called kung flu or because, you know, supposedly the virus came from China and there's a lot of, sorry, ignorant people that, you know, don't realize, you know, the whole story or situation. So they're kind of grouping us all, you know, into this kind of category of just Asians. And um, there's just been a lot of hate crimes. So like I was telling you, you know, there's organizations like the A3PCon um, that started this hashtag stop AAPI hate initiative and being able to just try to compile all these thousands of incidents. And, you know, because we're covering this in Asians in LA, I mean, it just breaks your heart it's happening to just normal, regular people um, in restaurants, you know, all over in parks, unfortunately, because of the color of their skin or because of their race, they're being, you know, victimized and bullied. And, you know, definitely hate crimes are, are happening. Um, people are just getting yelled at. And this Asian American community just not you know, experiencing such a horrific thing. Um, so it, it's been pretty crazy, you know, kind of seeing everything that's happening, but a lot of the community leaders and the nonprofits are definitely working together. We also have a lot of policy leaders, you know, in Asians in LA and they're working on policy as well. So I think you're going to see a lot of changes. And then, you know, a couple months later, Black Lives Matter happened. And then, you know, racism became just on the forefront even before COVID now. And so I think you're, we're just, you know, yeah, you know, and that was terrible. And, and yet, yes, change needs to happen. So we're going to see a lot of things change, hopefully for the better for this country. Um, 
you know, unfortunately, we're still experiencing some riots and, you know, um, there are some peaceful protests. So I think we just have to kind of get through this, but there will be some good change. And that's what I'm being hopeful for, not only for the Asian American community, not, not only for the African American, you know, black communities, but for all communities and for all diversity, you know, it's, it's happening. It's happened for so many years. And now we are really, really having conversations and talking about it. And businesses are supporting, you know, like Black Lives Matter. And I've never seen anything like this. I don't think any of us oh, have. They don't, they didn't know. I don't think. Yeah. They yeah. for the U.S., but it's, we're going to get yeah. the of it. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then we've got the November elections coming. So, I mean, we are just really on <laughs> like this super you know just hot seat of what else can happen well, in 2020 yeah exactly <laughs> what I mean, else you got hopefully there will be good so you there can't will be take good. us down <laughs> yeah so you know like we started with diversity with you know asian americans being represented in hollywood for us you know within the last two years and those you know shifts are starting to change a lot more asian americans are starting to be in entertainment and you know films and movies and you're starting to see that and you know, there's just going to be good change. I, I can't even, yeah, we just have to get through COVID. Yeah. <laughs> we get to the other side of that. I did want to ask a couple, um, uh, just a couple small things. So we've had Parasite. That was a yeah. big positive, big, big positive. I did see it. I loved it. It is it's so good. Unique. <laughs> it was amazing. Um, and it, I think it was something that like, Hey, Americans don't be scared of subtitles, I think is a big thing. Um, I can't wait for Mulan to come out. I yeah. think anticipation for that is really, um, I'm so bummed I haven't seen it 20 times. Yet. Yeah. And you know what happened? I mean, it was supposed to be released, but you know, all this happened. It was right at the beginning of COVID. Mm -hmm. um, I work very closely with the Asian World Film Festival and they were going to have this incredible, uh, we were so excited about this Mulan screening with a bunch of the cast. And right before, I mean, it was just right when quarantine, you know, started happening. And I mean, it was just, too scary and too dangerous to have this and then you know within the asian american community and you know everything that was happening so unfortunately it was canceled but yes i mean there are so many great films that are just waiting to you know we're gonna have to see what they do about films and releases right a lot of things are called you know and disney plus i think is trying to hold off on releasing it and i'm just like yeah. Just release it. I'll watch it three times, and I will still watch it in theaters. I promise. <laughs> like Disney, just release it. I'm dying over here. So I just think that shows, you know, with Crazy Rich Asians, you and I spoke um, outside of the podcast about to all the boys I've loved for. Now, that I love because the actress is an Asian, um, Lana Condor, but it's not about her being Asian. Yes. And that is what I Good think point. needs to really be stated is, yes. you know, is you have, you know, Crazy Rich Asian, amazing movie, loved it, but it definitely was focused on them being Asian, which is not a bad thing either, but you know, point. we have movies and shows where it's not about them being Asian either. It's just another American. 
Thank you, you so much, Stephanie, for saying that. Yeah. You know, as I was going through my videos to put this reel together, um, I remember one of the interviews I had with John Cho. And it was so funny because it's, I don't know, maybe a year and a half ago that we, we covered the searching kind of premiere, you know, with John Cho. And that was the second big Asian American movie that came out after Crazy Rich Asians. And we were just all like gung-ho about all this stuff. But I remember interviewing him on the red carpet and he said something so poignant. He said, you know, this is, yes, an all Asian American cast, but it's just a really good story. And he's just, was saying that, you know, one day we're going to hopefully be in a position where we're not talking about Asians or Blacks or, you know, Latins, you know, just it's going to be, what's a great story? And we're not going to have this discussion about diversity and race anymore in movies. Unfortunately, like, you know, we're still kind of working on that, let's say. Um, so all these things are kind of like record breaking, you know, to have Parasite, you know, break Oscar records. 90 something years. Yeah. Like win these awards, but you know, it's, it's an exciting time, but John Cho said, you know what, there's going to be a time hopefully in the future and hopefully it's going to happen sooner than later that it's all going to be just about good storytelling and we will not be able, we won't have to talk about race anymore. It's just, Hey, if it's an all Asian cast, great, you know, but we're not going to look at it through like different colors, you know, and race. So it was, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, well, between, you know, between that, that movie and that actress and, again, Sandra Oh, like, there is really, like, a, it, it doesn't need to be about race. It can be, let's swap in a character. I think Chandra Rhimes had said that once where she, you know, now in her script she doesn't put an ethnicity because you can swap it with anybody. For a character on Grey's Anatomy, the person who's really yes. good, and then she hired a black What actress. a concept. You can swap it for anybody. Like, no. <laughs> I know, right? Stephanie. We used to, you know, years ago when I started acting and stuff, you know, <laughs> Kelly Who, you know, was kind of one of the, the you know, forefront of these Asian American actresses. There was so much stereotyping, you know. Um, we had roles where we were playing either maids or nail salon workers or an Asian American guy would only be called in because he's a computer nerd. So um, we're still breaking these stereotypes in Hollywood. And now they're, they're leads like Sandra Oh being a lead on Killing Eve. I mean, what a concept. And she's now proven she can hold a show and people will watch it as long as the story is good, as long as the production's good, as long as she's super talented. I mean, so yeah, it's, it's an exciting time to see, you know, people like us, all of us, all different colors and, and race, um, you know, being well, able to be represented more fairly and equally on TV. I, and I agree. And we just happen to, when we talk about the Asians, sorry, men, we talk about a lot of amazing women. So come on, let's do, let's lift up some of the men too. But, you know, I love, I love that these, these women are, are groundbreaking. I, there are a lot of amazing actresses and, and movies and shows that we could go on and on about, but I do love where we kind of landed. Um, so, and also on a positive note, <laughs> so why don't you, Nancy, tell people where we can, where they can find you? Yeah, so it's pretty easy to find. We're all over social media on at Asians in LA, Asians in LA. Uh, 
you know, Twitter, Facebook, mostly Facebook is, you know, our, our main platform. And it's just a great way to kind of keep in touch with our community. And so I would check there first, but we were on Instagram and every place else. And then my husband and I started um, years ago, another group called Europeans in LA, which was like one of the largest European kind of social networks here in Los Angeles because he's Austrian and um, that's more on a meetup group, but yeah, and we've worked with, you know, the Austrian consul generals and the European consul generals. And we had parties with Red Bull and, you know, so I think I, I would call myself a community builder. I, I love to be, bring people together. And I believe that if we all kind of unify together, that we can be a greater voice and that we can influence more impactful, you know, impactfully together. So. I love that. Everybody, that was Nancy Yoon. That's amazing. I so appreciate it. You had a lot of things to share with us. For everybody, Nancy Yoon, and just so you can tell her last name, if you don't know, Y-O-O-N. So, <laughs> thank you. Easy to spell. What was that? Easy to spell. Yeah. Just like the moon. <laughs> that is just what she said right before this. So, it is just like that. So, Thank you, Nancy, and thank you, everybody, for listening with Wisdom presented by Wix Southern California. We'll catch you on the next episode.